Hey, I'm gonna go hang out with Chris Martin. Really? The Coldplay guy? Let's all go. Hey, wait a second. Not that Chris Martin. Hey, everybody. It's Chris from Not That Chris Martin. We're back after a four-week hiatus. What hiatus? I didn't notice. (laughs) Joe, Andy, Dan... Yes. What's up, boys? Welcome Cheers. back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Back in the saddle. Nice to be back. I feel so awful. I was just... Behind the scenes, I, I know we have two text threads. One text thread is I uh, absolutely include everyone, and we try to organize stuff and times and stuff. And then there's the, the back channel. What the fuck, Chris? And there's, <laughs> you know, there's, so there's this whole back channel. What the fuck, Chris? And I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast called Not That Plus One. There you go. <laughs> I yeah. think we owe a, an apology to our, our listener... Oh no! Don't don't take them? it too far. We don't want an apology to any one of the three of them. Did any of you get a text saying when's the next one coming out? No. Me, don't look at me and Andy. <laughs> yeah. no, maybe. No. <laughs> I did. All right. So Sweet. people do want to hear it. They do care. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's that's funny. But yeah, so just back channel, and then like, hey, you know, I go and have coffee with him, and he tells me the backstory, and I'm like, mm. God, I am the world's smallest, most heartless piece of shit ever. Well, Aww. you didn't know. You I'm didn't at, know what was going on. I'm at a crossroads in my professional life. <laughs> yes, you are, Chris. I'm currently unemployed. If anyone's hiring, any of our listener, or any of our listener, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to title this podcast Craigslist <laughs> Solitary. <laughs> Craig's listener. Craig's listener. <laughs> On a serious, can we upload this to LinkedIn? Sure, dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's the best idea you've ever had, but uh, yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> the ability is there, but you made a, you made it. a you made a LinkedIn that that shit is strong. You like you know, that? You got a nice hyperlink on it. You know, mm. name dropped whole thing. I got damn it. I got time on my hands, Joe. Yeah. I haven't I haven't endorsed you. I should probably endorse you. you Please do. Yeah, yeah I, I will too. Will. Yeah. Uh-huh. What you, do you go What are you going for? What, what can I? Get I have you no clue. Next? Really. What's your what, what, what's your education background? What's my education background? Vodka and cocaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously you've got experience in a number of fields. Yeah, so that's valuable. <laughs> obviously. That's probably more. That's way more valuable than he's got real, his bachelor's and getting fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? How dare hey, you? Hey, that's not nothing to nothing to be ashamed of. No, no, I've been in hospitality for fourteen years. Okay, since and before that I was in the navy. Um, didn't com- complete my bachelor's, but fairly well read. I think nice, um, but obviously that's a challenge in, in today's it's, it's, workplace. It's a checkbox that sort of needs to be had in a lot of situations. True, absolutely. I However, wonder, what do you oh. think the educational equivalent is of being of getting all the way through like three hundred Joe Rogan podcasts? Because that shit is intense. It is. I mean, you get more out of one of those podcasts than at nine weeks at a community college, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at AC nine, come on, that's like ninety weeks at, at a community college. It's. It, you're right. It's yeah. thick. It is thick. Yeah. Did, what are you uh, saying? What's the what's the floor manager position at ACC? The floor manager position yeah. is something that nobody in their right mind would want to do. I'm probably okay. get, I'm probably getting out of hospitality. Yeah. yeah. If, if I stay in hospitality, it's going to be purely on a, like an ownership level and just go raise money, yeah. do my own deal, not work for anyone. And that's sweet. Yeah. That's it, in my my realm of possibilities. Yeah. If you want to make eighty nine cents an hour. And it's thankless, and you get yelled at all the time. Yeah, yeah definitely apply. Who, who, who is the floor manager at uh, ACC? I don't think there is one right now. Oh, okay. The last one quit right around huh. the time that I quit. What's Danny? Danny is the general yeah. manager. Okay, yeah. all right. That's, That's probably cool. a pretty sweet gig. Uh, no. Pro- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fun and it's cool, but he probably he, gets worked pretty hard. He gets worked super hard. Yeah. yeah. It's a stressful job, and it's a thankless job. 
and the owner. Thank you, Danny. He did a great I, job. Yeah, thanks, Danny's, Danny. Danny's great. ACC's great. Yeah, totally. The owner is a little intense. Let's say that. Yeah. He's super intense. What way? Uh, just Like John Gruden intense? When he's there and an employee does one little thing wrong, he's just he's off his chain, dude. He just goes <laughs> crazy on them, like screaming at them in front of everybody. Um, and I, I, he's a good dude. That's I like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah but poor just, leadership style. The, yeah. the thing is, he exactly. screams all the time, like in his regular conversation. Yeah, it's very loud and fast. Yeah. And like sort sort of like oh my god, guys! Oh my yeah, god! Exactly. Yeah. Every, everything's a big deal, and that's you know as long as you like sort of learn to address it. Yeah, he doesn't like fire people on the spot. I imagine he just he says of, I'm going to fire them on the spot, uh, and then he does. Bit. That's his yeah. style, like and then brow, he gets browbeating and threatening and uh, to an extent, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah. It might, it might uh, there's some middle ground to be found there, but I don't think it's totally invite. I'm, I'm a hard ass does get work done most of the time. Yeah, and apparently they're opening more clubs, so that's their goal. Yeah, yeah around the country, that's mm-hmm. actually sort of a, a normal way. Modus operandis for a lot of bars and stuff, and you know when I was in the LA nightlife scene, that was really common. It was really common for the GM of places like the Viper Room to like get the attention to the staff during staff meetings by taking a bottle and throwing it across the room and bashing it into the wall. Right, that's, that's something know. that they would do at ACC for right. sure. Yeah, it's it's for sure like the the serving there is good. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. wears the same outfits. Everybody's direct and quick. Yeah, and I have to say that the that, job done. Yeah, that might be. Partially in part to Justin's insistence. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure, dude. (laughs) Because if they didn't, they would be getting screamed at. Yeah. 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 Again, I like Justin a lot, but you got to know his style going in. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're going to have a bad time. For sure. I deal with Justin great. I don't have any problems with Justin. Yeah, me either. Mm -hmm. So, Dan, what is this story from last night? Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, so... um, First off, me and another of the hosts of Battlecast, which is the podcast that me and Andy do, yeah, with a couple other guys, um, me and Dirk, we go and... Uh, That's his real name? Dirk, yeah. Name. Dirk Stinger. Really? Yeah, That's dude. pretty dope. Yeah, it's like yeah. a porn star <laughs> name in the making. Um, so we're playing... We go to uh, this place called Villainous Lair, which is a comic book shop slash... Uh, in the back, they have a bunch of tables set up for people to play super nerdy games. Like the Star Wars tabletop game that we played last night, which is like a dogfighting board game, essentially. Super, super nerdy. Oh and God! Like not, it's 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 unspeakably awful. Yeah, it's yeah. like the precipice of nerdiness. What is it playing. called? I think it's called just a Star Wars uh, X-wing, something like that. Yeah, you basically you have a set of ships, and then you make moves, and you're trying to de- destroy the other team's ships. How like, much space like, does it take up in your mom's like basement? chess? Um, no, it's kind of said you. No, yeah. I mean, it, in, <laughs> it's not in a like way, at all. In a way, there's strategy involved, and there's pieces being moved around. Um, but in my mom's basement, uh, it takes up about mm, four feet by four feet. Okay, you know, it's, yeah. it's got like its own custom board and stuff that you play on. Deal. Let's <laughs> circle back to that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're playing this game, and uh, the shop's about to close. It's like nine fifty, and they close at ten. And uh, me and Dirk are like trying to speed up and expedite our, our gaming process, and. We're just about done, and we hear this girl walk in, and uh, she's like, "Oh my god, they have this game and this game," and she's just like, like kind of drunk. It describe this like. girl. Uh, it, we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to. That. I'll describe her in a second. And then Did we're you like, pull some ass out of this comic book <laughs> store, dude. Just wait, just wait. Um, and so she, we realize she's kind of she's a little tipsy at least, and she comes down and sits next to us, and she's just asking us about the by game herself by herself. And then she explains to us that she just got ditched by her date, and that her date she it was on her third Tinder date with this guy, and uh, she got a t- or she was in the store with this guy, and then he walked outside all of a sudden, 
and said that like he was like sent her a text even didn't even be like hey I'm not into this piece he sent a text saying like I'm not I I don't think I'm ready for something that requires any serious thought was the text that he sent so we're like talking to her and being like ah eh, it's okay don't worry about it that's just dudes are weird blah, shoulder blah. to cry on yeah exactly and the in the meantime we're like finishing our Turns game into so the dick to ride on <laughs> dude <laughs> so uh so me and Dirk finish up our game the store closes and we're walking outside and she's kind of like following me around a little bit and Dirk is like. I was like, Dirk, you want to get food? And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to go home to the girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And uh, this girl, her name's Emily, is like hanging out with hanging out with me while I'm having a cigarette. And uh, she's like, all right, well, I'm going to walk home now. And I was like, how far do you live? And she's like, eh, like five blocks that way. And I was like, well, do you want to ride? Like, like, yeah, just do you want to ride? That's That would be easier than walking. <laughs> at and this like, point, at this point, had any nefarious thoughts entered your mind? Of course. Or, okay. Sorry, why haven't we described this girl yet? Okay, okay, okay. okay. So she's blonde. Did she, did she have the Princess Leia? No, she didn't. Because <laughs> in, in my mind, she's wearing like all white with the she cinnabons. Was, she was pretty. You're dressed like Han Solo. How overweight is she? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. She's like an athlete, which she told me all about later. She played soccer her whole life. and Didn't look well, like yeah. Chewbacca or anything? How tall? No. Uh, she's maybe like 5'6". I had a couple inches on her. Okay. You know, I'm 5'8". <laughs> so. Um, so I give her a ride home. and uh, I'm How like, was the conversation on the ride home? Just normal stuff, like yeah. telling me about her Tinder date, and I'm telling her, like, that sucks. Yeah, that's just, just <laughs> Tinder's weird. Just, em- just empathizing. And you know, what we talked about was um, oftentimes through Tinder dates, you're not really that into somebody, but then they will, like, kind of cut it off, and then you feel really bad about it, but you weren't even into it to begin with. And that's, like, exactly what happened to her, and that's happened to me numerous times where I'm like, what the fuck? You don't like me? And I was like, wait, I don't actually didn't like you that much either. I don't know why I feel bad about it. It's the Tinder them. culture? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a whole thing. So, um,. So I'm, I'm like right in front of her house, and she's about to get out of the car, and she's like, uh, and, I, and I locked the doors, and she couldn't get out. Yeah. <laughs> now you cancel you. I have custom locks on my car, so like you Ted, cannot like, just flick like the switch. Yeah, like Ted Bundy, where there's no handle. It's genius. Not quite, dude. Not quite. <laughs> there's no handle over here. Um, if I had the money to install that in my car, I probably would. But I think I it's, it's not install; it's it's de install. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. I could probably do it myself. What am I saying? So anyway, she's like, I would invite you in. But my house is really dirty. And I was like, well, like... So's my cock. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, if you want to, like, clean it up and I'll, like, go get gas or something and come back and park. And she was like, she's like, no, you know what? Just just come up. It's just clothes. I'll hang them up while you're sitting there. And I was like, all right, fine. Um, So we go up there and just... So what what, what did it look like? It honestly wasn't bad at all, dude. It's just a a smallish apartment. um, Just had clothes on. Roommates? No roommates. In fact, when we got up there, she was like, oh, that's my kid's stuff right there. Cats. And I was like, whoa, dude, this girl has kids. Like, that has just boosted the age that I thought she was by a couple of years. <laughs> and I was like, how many kids do you have? She's so it was like, plural. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and she was like, two. And I was like, I was like, okay, how old are they? She's like, one's in sixth grade, and one is, <laughs> uh, is in kindergarten or something like that. And I was like, uh, okay, that's, like, that's interesting. This sixth is- grader have any toys around here I can look at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he into Futurama, perhaps? Uh, so, yeah, then I was like, oh, man, what am I getting into here? And then at the same time in my head, I was like, fucking role play. <laughs> no, I didn't go there. I was like, man, I've never been with a mom before. This, this could be something new to me. And uh, so we're sitting there, and she's talking about her kids and stuff. You've known her, what, 30 minutes? 
I've, exactly. Like literally thirty minutes. I've known. this I'm just girl. trying to play a Star Wars game with my friend in this comic book yeah, store. Seriously? Yeah. Well, and what was her thought process? I'm gonna go pick up a guy in that comic book. Well, store. her and that her and the dude that she was on the date with were just like, hey, let's go check out the store. Just so for, her refractor period between him and her and you. Yeah. So go on. What what the fuck happens? So okay. You're like a do you pin, sleep you with a girl or not? A pinch, he was a pinch hitter. Is yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> basically, but like a last resort kind yeah. of pinch hitter, a pinch hitter, break, yeah, break in that. case of emergency, right? <laughs> serious, serious emergency. Did you have sex with this girl or not? Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. How was it? It was fine. Yeah. Okay, was, I'll give it a seven. Give your. What was your performance? What was what's that? Your performance. What do you rate yourself? To be I, honest. I was standard, standard fair, standard, which is a nine every middle, time. Yeah. Middle, <laughs> of the, middle of the road, Dan Brozo. Uh, yeah, no, I think I did I did just fine. The, ma- the mayor of Poundtown? Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm the emperor of, of, of Poundington, yeah. <laughs> Poundtown. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> so do you have plans to see her again? Was it awkward? Well, did we, you stay the night? No, I did not stay the night. We exchanged numbers, but I did the move where I like started. Did you cuddle for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. How long? Yeah. Eh, like a half hour, you yeah. know, and we're talking about like books and Just stuff. And of course, the conversation goes back to the books that our kids read and stuff. Oh my god! And honestly, I wasn't like that bothered by it, you know. I like kids. Kids are fucking cool. So and how old is she? She's thirty-one. That's not, not so bad. No, it's not so bad. Hold on, but a six, she has a kid a in sixth grade, like six, twelve, twelve, eleven, twelve. Okay. Yeah. So, so she had a kid when she's like nineteen. Shit. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it happens. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh-huh. Not to us, but yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it was a fun night, wow. and uh, we exchanged numbers and stuff. Is that the oldest girl you've been with? What's that? Is that the oldest girl you've been with? Because yes. it came up on Battlecast. Yeah, I'm gonna bring it up on Battlecast next episode. Okay, that yeah. is that I'll is surprised. the five year differentiator is the the widest gap I've had in the upward direction. Yeah. Okay, what about the lower direction? <laughs> same same amount, but at this point, the yeah, yeah. it is nice. Let's well, get into that. He was 25 at the time. Yeah, that's an no, that's actually okay. <laughs> that's an awesome yeah. when I was story. 17. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You felt it's like you provided a community service. I did. You really did her a favor. I really did, and I, I was even like, I hope this made up for that dude bailing on. And she's like, No, that's not why I invited you up. And I was like, Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we would be probably, in this position. She probably was going on a Tinder date, like shaved her legs, the whole fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. She was planning to have sex. Like, like, the third Tinder date, no less. Right. Well, to be fair, she probably put out on the first date. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and we were talking about Damn. how funny it was that like we met in a comic book store and stuff. And she's like, I've never just met a dude and invited him in after that. And I was like, I've yeah, never she, done this either. For sure. And did. I literally had yeah. never done that before. Like met a girl thirty minutes before and then was at her place. You raw dog it. No. Don't lie no. to us. No, dude. Don't like, lie to us. Hey, <laughs> I think normally I would. Normally I would, but the fact that it happened so quickly, I was like, all right, there's something going on here. I'm, Something's I'm gonna a be miss. careful. Yeah. Something's a miss. I'm, Something is afoot. Definitely. Interesting. But yeah. <laughs> that's an awesome that's, wait, story. That was my first mom, dude. <laughs> I, I forgot that that's a thing. I forgot yeah, that that's a yeah. thing with the kids. Like, their, yeah. their first mom. Yeah, exactly, dude. But it, I mean, I, I totally went through the same thing. You know, yeah. what, 73 years ago, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely went through the same thing. I, you know, used to, <clears throat> I used to fly back to hang out with my parents at Christmas when I was in college, uh, and um, they lived in St. Louis, Missouri. I went to high school for like a brief, maybe ten month period in St. Louis before I yeah. got out and moved straight to California I'm and sorry, never, yeah. never looked back. It was awful, but at the same time, they stayed there. So at Christmas time, I'd get on a plane and fly back, and it was probably the most debauchery strewn ten days of the year every year for about five or six straight. That's however, awesome. However many years, and one of those years. Was the year that yeah I did the same thing oh mm-hmm. a mom my God I wonder what that is all about yeah and, you know and I met and I met the kid but it was totally worth it it was like 
former St. Yeah, Charles County, Miss St. Charles County beauty queen. Oh, who, dude. Like, in, I mean, did better than I did last night. Holy smoke. Super, super fun. But I cannot tell you the weird level of uh, misunderstanding and embarrassment I caused uh, my mom and dad by basically shacking up with uh, Miss St. Charles County and <laughs> her kid for almost the entire 10 days of the Christmas thing. And like bringing her to all the events. <laughs> no. And the kid? No. The kid? <laughs> Not with the kid. Okay. There was like some split stuff. So she came to some stuff and everything. And man, my poor mom and dad, there's like some eye rolling and oh boy. <laughs> that part was tough. But the, like, but I totally was uh, in that same spot. That, yeah. You know, it was like, oh, so the mom thing oh i guess it doesn't really matter they're nurturing and then they're it, nurturing she was pretty nurturing and then you don't yeah. and you yeah. don't ever forget yeah. the cuba gooding jr thing the don't shoplifting sh- you were shoplifting the pootie <laughs> <laughs> so cuba cuba gooding jr comes out after my experience and before your experience but there it is like you're you, what you is know. that reference have you seen the movie jerry Maguire? No. yeah for Wait. sure yeah and so jerry, the guy's dating a single mom uh-huh and um starting to get serious and he's like opening up to Cuba right about his feelings right and what to do and he's like you know Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character is like always raised by a single mother kind of like tells him straight he's like you can't fuck around with this woman's feelings you're you're shoplifting the pootie allegedly that's the movie shoplifting the pootie yeah because you have no intention of you know her time is valuable she has a child you can't just date you know while willy you know what it kind of woke up in me though is that like I I'm going to really enjoy having kids one day. Yeah. Definitely. It's like the weirdest thing for me to take out of that experience. But we were like talking about the books that our kids read. And I was like, man, that's awesome that like you can like influence this child's like, like she was telling me they are, they're reading like Roald Dahl books and like all these different series and like the giver and stuff. I was like, that's awesome that like your kids are into like cool ass stuff. And I can't wait to be like, (laughs) Hey, my kid, check out these books. You just download all your fucked up shit in this little brain. Exactly, dude. Exactly. My, my, we're all my, looking forward to that. My yeah. kid, my kid just went to the book fair. Just went to the book fair yeah. yesterday. My which, my six year old, Milo, and he just got his book, seventeen dollars, and it is uh, Dark Forces, which comes with the Darth Vader minifigure, mm. and it just has all of the different dark elements of all the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. uh, all in basically Star Wars by Lego format through a, nice. a, about a hundred and twenty page book. Yeah, and he had the one for Harry Potter. And he probably wore the pages out on that one. He went seven months of just intensely going page by page and looking at everything and every word and understanding every bit. So it's a it's a damn good investment, and I mean, yeah. they just they just love it. I'll they, invite him to the next time we play that tabletop game. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, you need to invite all of us. It sounds like <laughs> no, no, that does not need to happen. I will abstain. Dirk, Dirk was a good wingman too. Yeah, he just yeah. bailed and went on his girl. Yeah, yeah, he was like, oh, I'm just gonna leave Dan with Emily here. Yeah, yeah. Does he know out. about this? He kind of does. I texted okay. him. I was like, I'm like at, totally at this girl's house. What the fuck? <laughs> See, we, we'd have been totally socially obliv- oblivious. I'm like, yeah, let's go eat, Dan. Let's get some food. Yeah. All of us. All well, five she, of us. She would have stuck with that, though. Like, She wouldn't have given up after she this. She would have hung out. Yeah, yeah probably. Sure. Any, yeah. any yeah. port in a storm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So. Might have given Dan enough time to decide not to have sex with her. And that would be <laughs> Are you going to see her like, again? I'd be down, too. Yeah. She's not a bad-looking lady, and she was pleasant to be around. That's a yeah. bad-looking lady. She's not You're a so, bad looking so superficial, Daniel. Yeah, come on, Daniel. I mean, just because she has not? kids and isn't bad looking. Like, I should not do it for those yeah, reasons? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, Andy? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about current events, um, which is, is still <laughs> so completely well, fucked up. Real quick. This show masters the segue. Can segway. we address what happened to your head? 
Oh yeah, I'm happy to do that. That's a that's a whole story. Just so everyone knows. Guys. Okay. Well, we can choose because we, we will need to get to current events. But um, uh, I play league basketball. We need to describe his face to the to the listener. Yeah, I'll throw it in there. Okay. Um, yeah. But um, I've been doing it for a long time, probably 15, 20 years. Um, now you know, it, everyone in the league is half my age. But they appreciate having a big man in the game, so that I'm invited no matter what. I'm How a tall are you? And whatever. Six five. I'm six two, but I seem six seven. Fuck. You're not. No, no you're way taller than six two. See, there you go. But um, point is, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> two, totally. Two weeks or so ago, um, I was in the league game, and we're in one of those relatively intense matches. It's like you know, everyone else is twenty four, uh, and this, a lot of these guys played college ball. A lot of these guys played high school ball. It's a really good game. Um, and I caught a dead-on headbutt right on the soft spot underneath my eye, and mm. it bled just like a stuck pig, and it was a big mess, and I freaked out all the girls that worked at the uh, OB Rec Center. I'm still sorry, ladies. Um, <laughs> and uh, I absolutely had to go to Kaiser Zion, and uh, they, in lieu of putting about 22 sutures in my eye, they... Um, uh, used that Vietnam super glue technique and they, mm. you know, did a field glue on it and just bound it together with stuff, which is a lot easier to deal with and a lot less scar prone and all that. But I had, you know, not quite two inches, but, you know, inch and a half or so of pretty much my eye was split wide open. Nice. Just above the left eye, if you guys yeah, can it's, visualize. It's right below his eyebrow and it's purple and disgusting. <laughs> and it, look, I, it looks pretty like tough though you look yeah, pretty intimidating. Badass. I have scared what? seven or eight zip codes pretty consistently for two weeks. You know, you know, I, I've been doing this basketball thing for a long time. This is my third time of having a pretty nasty black eye situation. The first time I got cut, but I've also broke a bone in my hand, broke how, a bone in my how foot. How many times oh. have you been to a, a urgent care ER playing basketball? Uh, this will be the third visit. The black eyes you don't really go and for. Mrs. Rinaldi is okay with all this? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what that's what I wanted. <laughs> no, no, she completely she, made the statement. She made the statement. She didn't wait. There was no waiting time. There was no you know polite period. It's like, when is it gonna stop? Get into the cost benefit analysis that you continue <laughs> to like have serious injuries doing this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's not to me the real story. Yeah, I got a black. But it keeps you fit. I, it's you a know, flesh wound, dude. But you know, and then I went to the hospital and they fixed it up. The, the real story to me, and I think I shared a little bit of this with you, is what the fuck up is up with the technology of emergency rooms? It is the most backward situation I have ever dealt with. Take every single volatile sick person, every virus, every Ebola, every single thing you can think of, and put them all in the smallest room you can find. Yep. And you know, at Kaiser Zion, when you walk into the emergency room, the first thing you do just to check in is you stand in a standing line that is going to last a minimum of 75 minutes. So like you're infected with food poisoning or the stomach flu, or you've got a, you know, head wound that's bleeding profusely. I had blood dripping all the way down my arm. What's the first thing you do? You literally stand on your feet for the first 75 minutes to receive care. Yeah, but and if it's an emergency and an ambulance brought you there, that's a little bit of a different story. You, you can do the ambulance thing. Of course, you know in the county of San Diego, you call an ambulance, you get a bill for $1,400. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's minimum. Yeah, yeah. So that's, and, that's with good and, insurance. Yeah, it, yeah, good insurance. So what if you've got a high copay? What if you've got a high? Uh, you got to pay the five thousand first five thousand dollars that year. You know what that means? That means you're paying cash to the county to a privatized co- company called Rural Metro to ride that ambulance to get around that line. Yep. Fourteen hundred dollars. What if you don't that's even nice. have insurance like me? Right, fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand minimum. Yeah. Right. And you're not. You're never going to pay it. So fuck them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This yeah. is the exactly. second time. Carry second, that debt to the grave. Yeah. yeah. Second time in Suck five years, that. I've been to one of these emergency rooms, and the the first time was even worse because the first time was in the uh, during that giant flu outbreak, uh, 2010, and both times you're like sitting there wondering, I'm going to get sicker being here, and it reminds me of that story from Super Freakonomics about the Austrian. Uh, there, there was a whole medical profession in Austria that was starting to really do cutting edge stuff with surgery, and they were, you know, figuring out how to fix people. It was right around the turn of the twentieth um, century, eighteen ninety five through nineteen o five. But they kept killing people, and they didn't know why they were killing people. And this is where they figured out. It's a chapter in Super Freakonomics, Super Freakonomics about. Oh yeah, we should wash our fucking hands. Yeah. <laughs> Someone had the light bulb it's, moment. And they, in Austria, they figured out how not to kill people by sequestering all of the germs that are on your hands from fucking open surgery. Right? right? Yeah. They would they would go that, deal this, with some infected, horrible shit, and then just go deliver a baby. Right. And then yeah. wash their hands. <laughs> right. And then have lunch. So let's yeah. transfer this basic, you know technology that they learned in 1895 in Austria to fucking emergency rooms. How about you don't take the most infectious people and put them all together and see if you can affect a few more people? Every But at least it's really, really, really expensive. Yeah. Right? At least they're using Thank your money God. wisely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm happy to say it's not expensive. If you went to Obamacare and paid attention to it and figured out how to get it done and jumped through all the hoops and they didn't make it easy, um, I... Charged up a great big goose egg for that trip. A great big goose egg. In my old coverage with Kaiser, because I stayed with Kaiser, uh, just to go to the emergency room, just to stand for 75 minutes to see a guy, that is an automatic $500 copay in the old thing, right? And the new one, going through the Obama thing, they rooted all that shit out if you did it. And it was a great big goose egg. I got my 22... uh, stitches not done but done with glue and you know it took about three and a half hours I saw a doctor I got a whole bunch of other stuff done and uh, it was all free did they give you any fun drugs I don't I don't do drugs okay I but we, no, we, well, do. we do though yeah we, we do legal yeah. drugs we're not, we're, if the doctor gives them to you they're not dangerous right right <laughs> I will I will happily ask next time for as much Oxycontin as I can that, fill. That's yeah. super necessary. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> my head hurts a little bit. Can I get some oxys, please? Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot believe that they, they think that's okay. I, I, I hope somebody out there figures out that it, it could. there is so much latent consumer demand for not getting sicker just because you need to go see somebody at, at 2 in the morning. Right, yeah. We need some personal action here everybody all listeners go all listeners go fix yeah. that yeah you listen go solve that <laughs> let's go protest out of kaiser later yeah, yeah exactly there's probably nobody already doing research in the medical industry right there's no way they figured this out right i mean you're, you're probably the first person to notice this the right? company that, that solved the ebola thing is a san diego company nice which one 
Um, I don't know what the name of the company is. They all sound alike. Right. It's like new it's, it, it, Ebola yeah. Tron. Yeah. 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 Metavastwing. Not that. So um, <laughs> anyway, they are the people who gave the drugs that went to the doctors that were at CDC in Atlanta. Uh, and all those doctors walked out of that hospital free of the Ebola virus. Nice. Um, okay. Good. The trick is, though, um, yeah, it's a for-profit business, and there's, uh, there is no more pricey. <laughs> in the in the um, you want to live, you want to pay, right? Well, in Africa, can't pay, so we're just going to end up paying it. In the in the land of constrained Profit fiscal budgets, they don't do yeah. research anymore. For sure, no, I, and that company should be making money. There's no question about it. Yeah, so, I, and I hope it's the people who developed it that are getting rich, but it's not. It's not the, the people that distribute it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not those people either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yep current events we are all being duped we're being duped in the worst possible way um it reminds me of the movie wag the dog mm. and wag the dog i don't know who saw it and who did it uh the president of the united states has a sex scandal and the, it's two weeks before an election and so the way that they brought a spin guy in robert de niro is a spin guy and his thing is we're gonna invade albania and when we invade Albania, no one will care about the sex thing, and you'll get reelected, and we'll, it'll all be fine. Funny. We're right here before an election, and we're— were two years— Oh, we're for, for an election, yeah. Right. That looks like it's not going to go all that well. And then suddenly, we've decided to invade not a country, but a, a series of communities that apparently are some giant threat. And no one is really talking about— the real threat, the real threat to all of our safety and well-being, which is the fact that we're fucking with Russia. We're, I mean, Russia is absolutely probably at their wits' end right now. And, um, yeah, g- granted, there's some issues with their side of things, and they're sort of yeah. being Neanderthals about it. However, um, NATO's gone all up in their grill. They've gone right next to their border in a, a thousand different ways. They're trying to put shock troops in Ukraine and Estonia and all these places. UN that, troops, though? No. NATO troops. Oh, NATO. NATO troops. Okay. Yeah, so, like, real deal. French, German, UK, those guys are all going to be in 4,000-person garrisons all along the Russian border. Russia is the other nuclear-obsessed superpower, uh, or was, and now it's just nuclear-obsessed. No longer a superpower. It's a... Mm-hmm. A giant gas station and has a super <laughs> egomaniacal leader that's Seriously. really got a screw loose. And there's, and all, there's, a, there's about 25 really, really, really rich dudes that just run all and of it. We like, are, you mean like this country? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Very similar to what we got going on over here. Yeah, we're, we're just, our, our, you know, maniacal nature is just a little bit more disguised, but we're which, fucking with those guys. Which oligarchy do you prefer? <laughs> right. We're absolutely, and, you know, this could really. Well, what's your, what do you think we should just let them roll through Ukraine? What we shouldn't do is we Over, shouldn't try the to. pro Russian uh, Ukrainian government is what we shouldn't do. Well, I, yeah, that's, we had a hand. The first in, problem. We had a hand in that. That that whole thing, the the CIA was heavily and involved. Aren't there sure. some audio tapes or something? Right, exactly. Of of that, in, that's in that. where the beef started. Right, hmm. and now we're making it worse. And Russia's not right. No one's taking sides and saying, "Oh, poor Russia." But you know what? We shouldn't do is we shouldn't say, you know, hey, they're never going to shoot a nuclear weapon at us no matter what we do it's a real danger and so no one's talking about it it's in a new suppression environment at this point and we're being led into this thing in syria as if that is vital to our survival and being led away from something that has about 30 times the weight of impact 
and it is it's unbelievable what's happening no one's talking about it you look at the news coverage today it is 30 to 1 isis were bombing some some more poor Arab people in the middle of the desert who might be surrounded by some terrorist leaning people and we're forgetting that we are over there prodding a nuclear power that is not all that thrilled with us right now I don't think Russia is going to launch a nuke I don't think Russia I, I just don't I don't think they would I don't think they would pull that trigger. I didn't think they would invade Ukraine either, but I totally, I completely thought they would. It didn't surprise me in the slightest. That doesn't, there, nothing about that shocks me. A nuke would shock me. Yeah. Okay. And I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll, they would do that. Because if not, I mean, we're gonna, it hits here. Then we're, how many are we launching? Right. The rest yeah. of them. It's Armageddon. Yeah, exactly. All theirs are old, and they have way, way, way fewer than us. Not that not we. Everybody has and more missiles than are necessary. We we're we're, we're looking at a hundred and twenty minute movie, and we're cutting out the middle ninety nine minutes right now. We're like all saying, "Hey, here's some conjecture that hey, they probably at the end won't launch a nuke, so there's nothing to worry about here." And we're forgetting about the middle. We're forgetting about how World War One started. We're forgetting about yeah. uh, a lot of this stuff is how a sinkhole that envelops several different alliances all sort of slippery slopes whole countries into worldwide conflicts. This is exactly how this happens. And they're already pissed off. They've lost a ton of what used to be their allies. Uh, those guys have all moved over to the NATO side of the fence and it's not getting any better. And yeah, I, I don't disagree with Russia having some sort of uh, a right to the Crimea. Uh, it, I don't know. I, it, I don't care if they do or not. It, <laughs> it kind of was theirs, and they kind of gave it to Ukraine because they thought Ukraine was going to be part of the Soviet Union forever And when they did it. It, it was sort of understandable how the whole thing worked out. What's valuable there? Why do they want it? It's a warm water port. I don't, it's really important in Russia because they have none otherwise. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good point. But, um, yeah, it, it's super scary. I, I, I also, I just don't like the, the, mainly I don't like the feeling that, um, you know, the world's superpower nation, the United States, is sort of being led by its uh, media cockles in, into the abyss at every possible turn. It's, it's it's nuts. It's nuts to watch. I hate it when it happens. And it's you know, there's there will be some sort of other negative uh, occurrence on the Russia front, all while we're being distracted by the Syria thing. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's speculation, but everything else we're doing is speculating because it's the future and we don't know. That makes sense. Um, I think that you know if if Russia is after a a better Russia, is that what they're is that what they're upset about? Are they trying to mm. what, what 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 motivates Russia? Putin reunification. Putin motivates reunification Russia, of yeah. what exactly? Soviet Union. All the Soviet property. Okay. Well, good luck with that one, guys. Yeah. I mean, Ukraine is not Hungary. <clears throat> Hungary's gone forever. It's it's in NATO. It's done. They're not ever going to be part of the Eastern Bloc. Oh, yeah. Czech's it, gone. You know, but Ukraine is a different story, you know, and they feel the same way about Latvia and Lithuania and Estonia. They feel like those things got away from them, and they're not all that thrilled about it. Uh, you know, they're definitely talking about the Kazakhstans of the world. Right? I don't even know how to say the names of those countries, but yeah, they're I definitely talking it's not about Kazakhstan. Re- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're definitely, all the Borat territories, <laughs> they want them back. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're openly talking about reunification in that front, and it, it, it couldn't be messier. That's a bummer. Yeah, uh, lots of credit to uh, Dan Carlin. Uh, some of that's definitely citing him. I think he, the whole notion that it's not just being overlooked but suppressed 
you know, definitely came somewhat out of that. I think his take was we're we're you know poking the bear is the word he used. Yeah. Um. So, could people watch uh, overseas media? They thought that would work better. You think the BBC has a more honest take on the subject? Um, my wife watches the BBC incessantly, and um, the BBC's really focused on the Ebola thing. Oh, okay. uh, it, it's, it's weird. Yeah. There's a, we're we getting thrown in a bunch of directions. It's really interesting to see who's doing what about what. Uh, but you know, they're, they're definitely looking at the Africa things, as is the French media. They're looking at the Africa thing huge because it, those are all former French territories, and um, uh, they're really focused on that. But I mean, if if you were um, France, Germany, Central Europe, you, this is the the most nervous time there is. Every single thing that was at the precipice of World War II is, has reexisted. I mean, the front page news today: New York Times anti-Semitism in Germany is just rampant, rampant. It yeah. is nuts. There's people currently saying in Germany, is it time for me to leave the country? I mean, people said that when Arnold Schwarzenegger got elected in California, though. True. They're like, I'm going <laughs> to move to Canada. My parents even <laughs> said, we're going to leave the state if Arnold Schwarzenegger gets elected. And Dude. then he got elected and we stayed in California. Yeah. yeah it's no, it's yeah. nice here. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it is nice. Germany is pretty nice, too, but yeah, not on the same level as California. Not for a Jew, apparently. No. Sorry, Jews. Yeah. Don't go to Germany. All right, current event number two. Um, Ari Emanuel, um, he was forever made legend by being part of the show Entourage. Uh, he's the inspiration for Ari Gold in Entourage. He's a, the leader of um, William Morris Endeavor, the biggest agency in Hollywood. Mm. Um, when I worked at Live Nation, I worked on the ninth floor of this tower in Beverly Hills, um, it turned out that is now the William Morris offices. So a lot of those agents now have like my old office and a bunch of anyway. He's got a brother, Zeke Emanuel. Zeke he's got Ma- another brother. Yeah, and Rahm Emanuel, who's <laughs> the mayor of Chicago. Like, hello, Power mm. Family. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> all right. And anyway, Zeke Emanuel was a special uh, uh, consultant. To, he's a doctor, a uh, special consultant to uh, the Obamacare rollout and a big part of the public messaging uh, for that and he's now a private consultant but he came out with an article that appeared in the Atlantic this week where he said um, when he turns 75 he's going to stop going to the doctor he's going to not take on any further health care beyond the age of 75 and he's going to give up on trying to maintain his physical well-being because he's going to be convinced that his ability to maintain a sound and creative mind uh, is going to be absolutely diminished by then and he got out a bunch of charts that hmm. said um, we are outliving our mental capacity at this point and there's outliers and there's exceptions and yeah. but for the most part the bell curve of the population can plan on um, having some version of Alzheimer's full blown Alzheimer's beyond the age of 75 is a 1 in 3 situation some moderate version is about two thirds and less than a third of the population lives free of its effects beyond the age of 75. And he said, you're going to outlive on a physical basis your capacity for thought. Real feel-good topic here. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Uh, well, we'll see how that happens when he turns 75. Yeah. Because I, I would probably check it out. Right, that, that's exactly yeah. what they said uh, on the show that I saw. You know, Roger Daltrey, I'm going to die before I get old. Pete Townsend, you know, I hope I don't live past 30. These guys are all saying that whole thing, and here they are. They're 75 now. Keith, and Keith seems pretty lucid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but I had never really I, I understand the part about you're outliving your capacity to enjoy life beyond some point and there's a whole bunch of people some of our relatives I'm sure that are you know 90 or 95 and you know they're a shell of their former selves but through the miracle of modern medicine they're breathing they're I think the most messed up most depressing thing I've ever seen was my grandpa, who was a World War II vet and was, like, a captain of a submarine and had, like, numerous Japanese Holy submarines, uh, like, surrendered to him. He has a multiple katanas that were awarded no to way. him by, like, like other, uh, like, Japanese submarine captains. Yeah. All this awesome stuff. And he was always a provider and, like, like the man of the house and all that cool. stuff. Uh, he died at about, I think, 92, 93. And the last couple times I saw him, he, like, couldn't even get in and out of a car by himself. And he was so angry at the world and himself and his body. Just like, God damn it, I can't even get in and out of a car. And I was just like, dude, that that's a nightmare. That's hell right there. Is like being formerly this like man, this he man's a, man. He was a warrior. Exactly. He was a warrior. And now he can't even like get out of a car. And that to me was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. And we're, I mean, the whole population of, of. Yeah. You're uh, from that lineage. That's awesome. I was adopted. So no, I'm not. Nice. <laughs> Giveth, taketh. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Balance. Um, the, whole, the whole of the American population is so completely nihilistic in this regard. I mean, they, they eat red meat, and, uh, drink themselves silly, and yeah. you know, don't really take... And, you know, they were doing themselves somewhat of a service, you know, chain smoking, doing whatever, and throughout their entire life, and, you know, living to their 72 years old, and then that's it. Yeah, you know, maybe not, but whatever. But now there's this whole fitness thing, and I, I'm part of it. You know, when you You're guys part of the problem. When so, you yeah. guys, when you, when no, you guys Joe's turn forty, very, he's very active. Every day he does something physical, right? Right. I, I'm doing something. Speed walk, bike. It's about six and a half times a week. Put it that way. I, I rarely miss a day, and that's. I got kids. I had kids at an old, older age, old, old, old age, <laughs> and um. You know, I, I have sort of an obligation. I got to sort of take care of that whole, whole thing and, and be around for them in, in a meaningful capacity when yeah. they're 20 and when they're 30 and when they're getting married and whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm trying very hard for that part of it. And I, I get it. It's super fun. But now this whole thing, the Zeke Emanuel take, now I've got a whole chapter two. I mean, I, I have uh, I've studied the physical part of it, how to figure it out. I'm pretty confident I'm on the right road with that whole thing. But now I've. Since I saw that conversation, I have been researching all of the different things that are countermanding onset of Alzheimer's. And there's mm. no, it's all, Andy's going to have a field day with this because it is all conjecture. There is no <laughs> cure. There is no cure. There yeah. is no known research that has any probability whatsoever. But there are early indications of. A lot of the things you've heard before, uh, learning a foreign language, yeah, or three or five, or, um, red wine, uh, being a musician. Uh, Dude, I'm set. I love foreign languages. I love red wine, and I play music. Right. There's six or seven I'm of set, those. Dude, You're set. Don't even worry about yeah. it. You know, exercise is a big part of it. I don't know. Do uh, doing a whole bunch of. Uh, you see these people doing these mind games these days. Those L- are like luminosity. Luminosity or yeah, luminosity, whatever it's called. I don't know. So now I got a whole new agenda to like. When you're, I, I'm sort of in the same boat as you though. It's like, man, I already love red wine a little too much. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, uh, give me a glass of Pinot and I'm I mean, set. Yeah, a bottle a day is what the doctor says, right? For your heart. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> 
Let's have no, five that's, bottles. That's question. five times no. as healthy. You know what? Not say that. No, a glass. Maybe your doctor. My doctor. My doctor says a bottle a day is good for your heart. That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, that's I, that's a doctor. That's not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Leo Spachemin. I, yeah. I am switching to your doctor. Doctor Spaceman. Yeah, Doctor Spaceman. You're that's a great show. Dirty Rock. You yeah. Got the reference. Uh-huh. Doctor John. I've, I've yeah. had three straight doctors. That. Three straight doctors say two drinks max a day, and I am like, "Fuck you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that ain't happening. Next subject. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because really, do you really want to be here with that beer? No. I'm no. not convinced. I do. No. Beer. Shit. Whiskey. Whiskey's, whiskey's yeah, whiskey, really. whiskey, and whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> My counterpoint to that, though, is as far as creativity goes, I don't know if your creativity is stifled by any of that stuff. Your ability to remember your loved ones and have like a like your your living situation be okay, all that stuff sucks. But I don't think your creativity is stifled. Maybe it's even enhanced by the fact that your brain's all fucked up. Uh, you know. I don't know. It's not. There, there's, <laughs> it's not. It just seems like hell. Here's hoping. It just seems like... There, there's two yeah. components. But the question is... You're not aware of it. Are, yeah, and are you on a bunch of drugs? Because... Which is also a form of hell, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I think I'd be perfectly happy sitting on a morphine drip in a bed watching TV. Well, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. But you would Chemically, you'd be you happy. Wouldn't be, you yeah. wouldn't be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, you're, you're not aware of the situation. You don't know that you're... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I feel like as long as there's people around who still care about you, you sort of got to stick around. Yeah, you know? I okay, mean, so I don't know. That's, that's like yeah. saying you know, like you know, funerals are for the living. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. Vegetables are for the living. Yeah, <laughs> take it easy, Dan. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you banged Terry Shivo last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not so alive, is she? No. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's too soon. Is it? <laughs> it's definitely not too soon. Joe was appalled yeah. by <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's like, this is shit in my game. Yeah, no. <laughs> she gave me two beeps for yes, so yeah. <laughs> the last time you heard a Terry Shivo reference. <laughs> oh yeah, not I, since I've never or whatever that was. Dan stuck his dick in her feeding hole. Oh, God, <laughs> God damn it, Chris! You did, didn't you? Not her feeding hole, no, no. That no, not at all, dude. She's thirty-one, dude, not ninety-one. Terry Shiva wasn't old. No, she, she was just. I'm she was just, just saying, she was like, just... she, this girl was not a vegetable or a, a hideously old person. Yeah, no. You don't even have to edit that part out. I don't no, know. that's staying in for sure. Said it. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Well, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's, that's every, if the listener, that's a joke. That's yeah. not derailing. Not that's enhancing. <laughs> that's, that's some awesome shit. Dan Terry did Shavo not. Dan did not have sex with a quadriplegic. No, oh. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We'll see how low my stage. Leave that on the old bucket list. Yeah, dude. That was my thing. Is like I want to bone a mom. I want You're to like, bone a porn this, star uh, and this, a quadruple. Your EKG. So. Can I change the channel on this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Can I change the tempo on this this heart rate monitor over here? You get Netflix on an EKG. Right. <laughs> probably in whatever year this is going to be. Yeah, yeah totally. It's probably yeah, a USB dude. port I'm on sure. the back of the EKG. No, for sure. You probably can now. I mean, we probably got a LCD display in there or something. God damn it, guys. It's totally reasonable. Chris, what do you do with your days these days? Are you, like, out at the beach just hanging out, resort living? Is that your your thing right now? No, no. Um, uh, you, there's a lot of anxiety. Uh, the days are full. <laughs> no, um, I get up still very early, make coffee, take the dogs to the park. Then, I, you know, I meditate, obviously, every day. Yeah, good. Wait, um, okay. Go for it. 
when I hang out with the dogs. Dude. I've I've noticed that they just they tend to sleep all fucking day. The That's dogs? what you should be doing. Well, because I used to leave them at home, you know, and mm-hmm. I'd come home and like, oh, they're awake. They just fucking sleep. That's yeah. all they do. Yeah, you guys kind of good, good on them. You guys kind of got it made. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, no, every day I've been trying to go meet with a friend or a advisor, a confidant, and just try to. A couple of those have been with me. Yeah, Danny and I had a meeting at Starbucks. Yes, nice. keeping it classy. We had, yeah. our, we had our max. Yeah, had had a little heart to heart actually. We did. It was, yeah, it was, it was really nice. Sounds good. Yeah, good. It happened. Times it, like these, you got to lean on your friends. You know, uh-huh. like your support network. Like, yeah, you got to bring a field recorder to those things. We honestly should have, dude. We should. Have. It was a good conversation. Yeah, I told some some personal stories you from did. my life. I told. I asked Chris. He's he's all in this. Like, what do I? What, what's what's next here? What's next? What do I do my next? heart. And I asked him. I was like, "What does your heart want to do?" And he told me that his his most joyful moments in life have been giving advice to people that are in young need of people. Advice. Yeah, young people like yeah people in the hospitality business. I I got a really nice message from a girl that used to work for me. She's in Vegas now doing bottle service, probably making way more than any of us combined. Yeah. Um, but she's also in nursing school, and I, I gave her the whole, like, the tips are great while you're young. You know, you can live. That's I call it the golden handcuffs. You know, you're making 60000 a year in cash. Three, you know, working, Velvet coffin. Yeah, 15 hours a yeah. week, but you're going to turn around and be 30 and not start a career. And uh, I got this beautiful message on Facebook. This young woman said, you know, rarely in life do you get a chance to say thank you for the advice you get from someone. But I want to thank you for that conversation we had a couple years ago. And as I, I sit here on my break on nursing school, I just, just thinking about it, I want to thank you. And nice. Like that was like, fuck, man. I, I made an impact on someone's life who's now doing something to better their life. I might comment slightly not on that, but the fact that Dan said follow your heart. I'm yeah. a proponent in basically never doing that. Really? Yeah. You follow, um, you follow your Because typically your heart is telling you to do what you think is – what your emotions are telling you. That's it's, The heart isn't doing any thinking. It's your emotions. Right, right. It's, it's just, that's that's just a misnomer. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. I can't think of any decision that really can be justifiably made on emotions alone or emotions even primarily. I think that your head knows what's right, what you should be doing, versus your heart, which wants to lead you into whatever it it, it defines as best, which is typically, you know, I guess if you want to do what you want to do, go for it. But yeah, if you want to me, be if you want to be happy, unlike Andy, yeah, well, yeah, follow to, your heart. To me, a job isn't supposed to be fun. You're not supposed to enjoy your job. It's a job. So yeah, I mean, there, pay there, you there to are do it. people I know that love what the fuck they do and get paid really really you know I'm sure there are those people out there is that, is that the exception <laughs> of the rule though or most sure of it us, is or most of us for most of us is it a job well yeah I mean you're it's it's I mean you don't have any kids right no so you don't have anybody sort of relying on you for support so your decision is very different than a lot of people's right yeah um so I'm not encumbered with that responsibility right yeah now. exactly so yeah I guess yeah for sure I got, go I for mean, it two dogs but they I mean they 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 can they, they're cheapish. I don't know. At the end of <sighs> at the end of your days and the end of your life, do you want to look back and be like, "I made some good, sound financial decisions throughout this life"? Well, or do you want to be like, "I, I made kids, a fucking yes. difference"? If well, I if I have kids who are relying on that support, then yes, sure, right. that's exactly okay. what I want to sure. think. But and I don't, there are I don't ways have kids to do yet, both. but I want to be set up for that. Yeah, when it's, I feel you. Uh-huh. I feel you. And there's ways to do I've both. Been, I've been watching too many inspirational sh- talks on YouTube. Nice, too much fucking <laughs> Tony Robbins. <laughs> You know the uh, the Hernan Cortez burn your burn the boats, burn the ship, parable. No, that one resonated with me. So the story goes: I'll give you the short version. Okay. Fifteen nineteen, uh, Hernan Cortez, Spanish conquistadors. We won't get into the uh, morality of the conquests. Let's not go into that. Yeah. However, he sailed from Spain, uh, eleven ships, five hundred men, going to uh, Yucatan to get gold from the Aztecs. He gets there. You know, however, it was that six-week journey. What the fuck ever. 
So they're getting ready to go ashore, and he's faced with a mutiny. His 500 men are like, fuck that. 20,000 Aztec warriors? No way. No way. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, so he put his men in boats, start to row ashore, and he gives the famous order, burn the ships. And mm. he burned the 11 ships. There's no going back. Mm. There's, there's no way. We have... We are going to succeed, or we're going to die. But but if this if the, if the goal is to bring <laughs> oh, gold we're... back to, I was thinking yeah, that too. They would they would make new they would make new ships. Oh okay, yeah. They right. had th- those guys had those kind of skills. You can gotcha. You know, I was gonna say it took them two years to uh, conquer the, the people. That didn't take long. No. Yeah. They've got it. But it's armor. a it's an interesting story, you know, like giving you know, failure is not an option. Uh-huh. Guns and armor and disease ridden like, blankets. Like, yeah, and you stuff, guys had yeah. muskets. They had they, you <laughs> guys had right. muskets. You had a huge advantage over for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. But that didn't register with them. They just saw their fear. Right. Yeah. That's all right. Well, yeah. Succeed or don't. So, what are you thinking? What do you what? burn your house down? Chris. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I don't own a ship, so I don't know what I was going to burn. Your car and your house, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the burning, I think, symbolizes the the financial decision you'd make, which is right. go find a job that pays you a lot in the field that you've been in, yeah. um, is the, is the like, sound answer. Take the safe, take the safe choice. You know, I have, yeah. I have job, op- people are offering me jobs. Go back to Spain. Yeah. No, fuck that. Yeah. Okay. Then, then don't. I don't plan on it. Okay. Yeah. Go kill some natives, man. How far is the house? About an hour. (laughs) Edit that out. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That was a joke. I I love Native Americans, for the record. Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. um, Otherwise, we wouldn't have casinos. I got into the record industry. um, I got into the record industry right around 1999, right around Napster. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, you know, everyone's cannibalizing each other and it was all they were all dying all their careers were going away That'd be a crazy time to begin yeah, in the industry it, it was awful really you know got into it right at its demise point what do you mean they're getting the music for free yeah exactly and yeah these are billionaires confused how do they get it for free right exactly they download it what the fuck does that mean i worked at a record label and they literally passed around an inner office email uh, we're going to have to ask all of you to remove napster from your desktops at the office that doesn't seem like a, a big ask. I feel like and that's it, probably necessary, yeah. And I mean, I was having such yeah. a good time with Napster. And that Joe's like, but time. I get all this music for free. What the fuck? No, it's like, <laughs> you think of like, I want to I mash ABBA with Metallica with, you know, Fela Kuti with, and you, as quick as you think of it, in the heyday of Napster, you could just put it in, download it, and oh, yeah. play it Q style, like it was your iPod on shuffle. And, oh, yeah. and you have it on your speakers, and you were entertaining the whole office. To me, that was the record business. You know, you are curating a soundtrack that's going to inspire a whole office to go find the next thing that you know made you happy right then. And there, the whole other side of the office, the accounting side of the office, was essentially saying, "Hey, we're going to need to shut that thing off because it's the thing that's killing us." And how'd that go? Horribly. Yeah, I mean, they should be should have been telling you. Uh, start researching this as How opposed do we to just it? using it. Yeah, which which is exactly what I was doing. I yeah. was showing those guys in real time, like it's real effect. They had a case study right there in front of them. This is how the world is consuming music right at this very second. ITunes, how do yeah. you absolutely be? How do you involve yourself at that exact spot? But streaming services probably weren't even available at the time. I mean, like not no, no, not, no, not no. did they not exist? None, but the technology none. wasn't there for them. It, yeah. Napster was by itself. There was nothing anywhere near it at the time. Yeah, and now, <laughs> yeah, now it's not not but quite the, as prevalent. But or those, existent. iTunes and Netflix, like, yeah. like MySpace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they like, make more like money. MySpace. Yeah, but the whole point was all those people had to then contemplate what were they going to do next. 
Yeah. And it wasn't just people in the record business, but like music agents, the whole world. All the associated industries. And yeah, they were all jobs. imploding at the same time. And, you know, the, the number of those guys that went into real estate right then was just astounding to me. They're all... <laughs> Hmm, self-identity crisis. What am I going to do professionally? I can no longer be an A&R guy, which was always my goal in, in the world. And at least 200 of them are now currently working for Remax somewhere. And, you know, they that was a smart decision for most of those guys. Yeah. You know, they're, they're buying and selling real estate, and they caught it right at the right time, right? 1999, 2008. What, what happened during those nine years? Boom, real bubble. estate people made a lot of fucking commission. Yeah. They make money going up and going down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they probably weren't hit much by the down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you position yourself well and you get those little niche, you Mm -hmm. know. But if you owned a bunch of property, owned a bunch of overpriced properties at the wrong time. Just for the transactional side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And that's super weird because that's Los Angeles and Los Angeles and San Diego are vastly different places. In San Diego, it's a service industry town. You know, the service industry, that high-end club scene in San Diego outweighs the high-end club scene in los angeles people don't even hmm. realize that i don't you yeah. know it, it's it's nuts like you know san diego's number two to las vegas or maybe number three with new york involved yeah but los angeles doesn't hold a candle they don't have things like flux people come down here for that you know it, it doesn't really exist at that level they have different stuff a different version of it um but you know because you've been there you've been to avalon and stuff like that but it's a it's, different it's a different feel it's not the same it's not the same whatsoever how so what is it? What's the difference? It, it seems here, you know, the the, the, the high end nightclubs have a longer have a longer run. This, mm. It seems a little more refined, a little more. Uh, L A. seems a little like they quickly just do it together. They're going to make a bunch of money. You yeah. Know, if you if you look at it under a magnifying glass, it's there's not much there. Um, it's a, it's a product of of slick marketing. Yeah. It, the However, other- though, there's a lot more. There's a lot more uh, affluent, high net worth people in LA so you'll get True. someone that can come in and can spend 10,000 20,000 and uh, that's that's fairly rare here in San Diego yeah yeah however we get the $1,000 bottle service guy and you probably get a of, couple of them too. a bunch of them yeah. every weekend so and our listener will remember last week we finished with a, a brief discussion about bottle service yeah. um, and uh <laughs> That was super nuts because we didn't really touch on the whole subject, but we were talking about, hey, we'll go have a $400 bottle of vodka. And it, it, that is a really interesting identifier differentiating Los Angeles from San Diego. In Los Angeles, it's the same 400 bucks to have a bottle of vodka at a table to give you table service at some club somewhere, and they do it. But one of the reasons they do it is proximity. And if you're working in the creative industry, like maybe 150,000 people are in Los Angeles, yeah. if you're positioning yourself the right way, the guys at the next table or the girls at the table next to you might have some sort of uh, networking capability that will enhance your creative and professional career. They might be an agent at CAA. They might be a starlet that you as an agent can then, you know, take on as a new client. There's business in that world. Here, if you're buying a $400 bottle of vodka from Float at Hard Rock, you're likely a postman. And that's like half of your weekly income. Yeah. And it's not going to give you proximity to a fucking thing. And I have, maybe a mom with two kids you can bang it. <laughs> yeah, comic book precisely. So like, <laughs> at the comic book store, <laughs> at the comic book store, they have bottle service at that comic book store. And yeah. it's it's the same in Vegas. You know, you're not Just, buying proximity what the, to what anything. What was the bar in tattooing called? <laughs> the cantina. The can't. Can, yeah, the cantina. Nailed it. Yeah, it, it basically. Here in Vegas, that transaction is conspicuous consumption. Yeah, uh, you can make 
a justification in Los Angeles for doing the same thing. It, it can do something for you if you're super smart about where you are, where you're placing yourself. Yeah. And you have to be constantly networking in those creative industries in order to get ahead. If you absolutely want to get uh, a role as an actor, uh, Involved with the right people in the music business, in in anywhere in that stuff, writing scripts, in, in anything, you have to be out there and about selling yourself all the time, or you have to have some sort of proxy doing it for you. <clears throat> yeah, and so self promotion nonstop, right? Or or proxy promotion nonstop, you know. And that's how that world works. It, it, the same doesn't exist down here. It's it, it is you know, agree or disagree. The the act of doing bottle service in here in San Diego or in Las Vegas is purely conspicuous consumption. Absolutely, 100%. Um, yeah. It would be a difficult argument to make. Anything I, other than, I mean, I understand the L.A. situation, but it's still conspicuous. And I, I think here in San Diego, the, the whole like high-end bottle service thing, I'm starting to get a feeling that it may have run its course. You know, Stinger opened 10 hmm. years ago, and I think people with that kind of money uh, who can afford those kind of you know superfluous expenditures have seen behind the curtain and enough times to know that maybe this isn't the most you know value ain't, for my money. Ain't no sex in the champagne room. No, exactly. <laughs> and I'll get that reference. Chris Rock song. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you keep it, spending it, and spending, but nothing really happens. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I, I prefer a nice dinner to a bottle service. Yeah. Any day of the week. That's an easy transaction. You know what? Chris just made the statement that it took San Diego ten years. Do that math. It, yeah, to me, if I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars on something, it's going to be thousands. I mean, the minimum the minimums at the the last club I was working at, which will remain unnamed mm-hmm. for legal uh, reasons of Listen to us, various yes. clauses and what yeah. <laughs> um, here to for uh, ex post facto, yeah, yeah. <laughs> habeas corpus, corpus, yeah. corpus. <laughs> you know, just all my legal terminology here yeah. shall remain unnamed, <laughs> Your Honor. Um, <laughs> we're one thousand dollar minimums on you know. That's that's the minimum, you know. We're not Damn. we're not, you know. That's that's two and a half. That's three bottles, but you're gonna be like twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a lot. That would buy a lot of can salty you, like, snacks at Seven Eleven for sure. Yeah. yeah. Could you can you take home the leftovers? No. What's <laughs> <See? laughs> doggy bag? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the common <laughs> argument is, you know, oh, I can buy that bottle for forty dollars at you know Vaughn's. But like, you can't well, drink it here. But you can drink it in the alley like a homeless person. Yeah. 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 You can't have it brought to you by fucking somebody floating down the from ceiling the and the phone, yeah. you know. But moreover, the whole nightclub knows you're the guy with all the money and the big dick and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And or I mean, more realistically, the small dick. The small dick. I, I'm, I'm saying money. that you know euphemistically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're spending that money because you're you're. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, in the high end nightclub business, you're really preying on people's insecurities. Yeah. Oh yeah, certainly. Like the, well, that, I, that was a that was a. a perhaps a cannabis-inspired thought one night, I realized that at the end of the day, when you distill it, you're preying on their insecurity. Like They yeah. want to be seen for, you know, they don't have the the social skills or the other, you know, ability to interact with other humans and, and not have that come into the equation, their wealth or their ability to spend this money on bottle service. Mm-hmm. So they need to go into an environment where that's sort of done for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've never been to a. I've, ne- I've never a, like been to a club. For, you should come. For, we should for, go do for, it. We should go get bottle service. I mean, we can still do that on a. Uh, 
and do more of a societal observation, Andy. I think you yeah, would. I would, like, I would like case to take study, you, yeah. I would I, like to take Andy into that environment. Well, sometimes I go, I'll go and take pictures, but I got a camera in front of no, me. No, I want to take you and give you a bottle of Don Perignon, a bottle of Grey Goose, and have you stand up on the couch, take yeah. your shirt off. <laughs> Party, yeah, yeah. Give Andy, dancing around. Give Andy some ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. there we go. See what happens. <laughs> Great idea. I, think, I really think we should do that. Yeah. Where? We can do it wherever. Let's do that instead of me getting my ass kicked by your jujitsu. Well, like buddy. we bring that jujitsu guy there. <laughs> Jeff, he he likes to party. Yeah. Oh. Would, he, would he kick Dan's ass in a nightclub? No, he's the <laughs> nicest human you'll he ever meet. He wouldn't kick my he, ass. He's dude. a sweet. <laughs> yes, he would. Well, I'm saying like he wouldn't like hurt me. No, 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 no. He's the sweetest human ever. Yeah. Um, but I think we should go out for a societal. Uh, we should go, you know, observe. Yeah. All right. Is there a place we can do this without spending twelve hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Because yeah. I'm like, wait, doing the math, that's four hundred. No, no, no. We for can, each of us. We can, we can totally do it on a on a uh, pro bono. Yeah, I have friends that have done bottle service, like split up between like ten of them, so they only spend like one hundred and twenty bucks each, and it, it seems like a complete waste of time for them. Like, what's the point? Like, none of them brought girls home. None of them like left there feeling more fulfilled or like better about themselves in life. It's a fucking illusion. Yeah, totally. Never done it. I mean, don't it's, know. it's just so funny. It's, you're talking about it in context of, of this particular town, and mm-hmm. you're right. You're you're as right as Andy was five minutes ago. It doesn't make one dollar per cent. I get it. Yeah. Um, in New York City, there are restaurants where the waiting list to get a table is like five years. Yeah. Oh, God. that's how I would want to eat at that restaurant. Yeah, me too. That is right. But, but, but however, the food is not. Food is it though that much better than the place where it's. Uh, 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 we're, we're talking about being granted access, okay? Being yeah. granted access to something. And I, I've done the bottle service New York City high life thing. I've been there. I've done it multiple times. And there are clubs that – that was the whole thing about Studio 54. You know, those aren't How easy – are you? Those aren't easy doors. Those aren't easy doors. They're just <laughs> – unless you are with – Somebody really well connected. That's, you know, that's preying on insecurity. You, you're not even going to get into that place, but that's where Andy Warhol is. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's not insecurity. That's access to something superhuman that you would never, ever have access to no, in any other life. It's not lifetime. like you're going to see Andy Warhol. You just want to say, I got in. I was at the nightclub at Andy Warhol. Yeah. Me. I want to take a selfie. They didn't put it on Instagram. <laughs> no. It's, I think it's insecurity, in my opinion. Well, it's insecurity at, at flux. Because Andy Warhol would never set foot in there, and neither did Jay Z, you know. But well, as, then it's ruined. Yeah. In, <laughs> in, in in New York, it's a different thing. Those people are actually there. In L.A., it's a different thing. Those people are actually there. Yeah. You know. But why is it so important for you to be there or me to be there? Number one, th- I can I can get hammered at Applebee's. <laughs> Don't know I had beer, do it wait, again. Yeah. I had beers at Applebee's last week, by the way, in Rancho. How was it? <laughs> It was fucking packed, dude. Really? Like, I walked in. <laughs> it was a midweek. I was meeting my friend there. You know, uh, he's a family man, you know, lives in the suburbs. He's a business and life coach guy. We're just catching up, you know. My old, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, he's like, hey, meet me. Come, we'll get beers. I'm like, where do you want to go? I'm like, I'm naming, like, clubs and bars. He's like, how about something closer to the house? I'm like, I look at the map. I'm like, Applebee's? He's like, sure. Dude. Dude, I get there at 9. <laughs> the whole place is full parking lots damn from like from a, in my mind's like thinking like business like yeah holy shit they figured it out people in the suburbs like to have beers in the mid during the middle of the week or yeah and also they just serve microwave food so their margins are real real good yeah it's, it yeah. was packed joe the whole place was packed damn 
But yeah, anyway, so that's what? where we've got to get crushed, in. Then. I crushed yeah. some like skillet queso. Yeah, did they have bottle <laughs> service there? No, exactly. That's, <laughs> that was going to be my point. You know what their business plan is? Don't charge four hundred bucks for a bottle of vodka. No, I had beers. It was like you know twenty two dollars for a couple, you know, a few beers and a app. That's not so bad. There you go. But my point was the place was busy. Yeah. Was this one of the Applebee's that was converted to the nightclub? Did you hear about that? No. That they wanted to start turning Stop. Applebee's in called the Bees. Stop. No, they, they didn't. No, they genuinely did. I don't know if Where it ever happened this? anywhere. It was it was on the news like a year or two ago. They wanted to convert. KUSI or? <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Uh, no, Huffington Post. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know where I was. But they wanted to convert certain Applebee's into like, late night. night. Well, they wanted to have the restaurant during the day. And then they would close that down for an hour and open back up at like 9 p.m. And uh, they would have like a nightclub kind of thing. That's not that's the worst idea I've ever heard. And it would be in the same kind of places. Like now they're opening like general practitioner medical offices in Walmarts mm-hmm. in like South Carolina. They'd probably be doing that with Applebee's in the same areas. It wouldn't be in San Diego because there's too much competition. I mean, you, Nobody wants to go there. You lived in Oklahoma. You lived exactly. in Texas. You, Prime. That's, you know, Walmart, Apple, has, Applebee's Walmart, is Walmart has everything. Pharmacies, grocery stores. Walmart, abortion clinics, nightclubs. Yep, it's all yeah. under one roof yeah. now. Yeah. That'd be That's, awesome. I tell totally go to a Walmart nightclub or when, abortion clinic. When you're in a when you're in a small town, um, the the nightlife places, not your neighborhood bar, but the nightlife places where all of the demographic goes from twenty one to thirty five or oh, whatever it is. Flashback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, when you're in a small town, the names of those congregation points are El Torito, mm-hmm. Black Angus. Yep. I mean that's it's real. They all Olive switch. Garden. Yeah, they all switch to nightlife from ten o'clock till two a.m. and run because there's nowhere, nowhere else to go. Yeah. There's no flux yeah. in Stockton, California. Yeah. It was El Torito or Jose Murphy's or the abandoned parking lot where it's going to get shut down. and The cops are going to come up. Yeah, I you mean, got you got nothing there. That's why that's why Applebee's did it because it's, yeah. it's a growth industry in Winsville, Missouri. Yep. When, when you're here, you're, oh no, that's, what's their slogan? What's how, do they have a slogan? Uh, Applebee's? Yeah. When you're here, you're family? It's Friday. No, no all, that's, that's Olive Garden. Garden. Olive Garden has <laughs> this. Thank TGIF, anything oh, else. Uh, <laughs> Olive Garden has the seven weeks, 100 bucks, all you can eat pasta every day. I don't want that. <laughs> well, it, it only resonated with me because I'm unemployed. Uh, yeah. I was like, that sounds about, like a bargain. I'm about to stretch this unemployment out. Dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> but don't you have to drive like 17 miles from no, there's here? There's one in Point Loma. Wait, wait. Dude. 100 bucks. All you can eat pasta, salad, and breadsticks every day for seven weeks. A hundred bucks. You get a pass. It's called holy. A sh- that's not even that bad. That's it's on the- That's totally affordable. You can go in every day. Every day. Oh, wow, dude. Okay, you can get so, real so time. Forty nine dinners. Yeah, that's like a. But how much $2 pasta a day? How much make it home pasta can you buy for a hundred dollars? Probably, probably less than you could eat it at an, an Olive Garden for. Yeah, forever. it's it's, it's an two dollars a day deal. though. Two dollars right? a day. You guys know yeah. that that was a a point of focus for John Oliver, right? Which no. One? On his, uh, the, 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 I tried uh, to watch this this Olive week, Garden last deal. week. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no. he, he totally went after the the hundred dollar deal. Um, but I do want to say bad. something super positive. We beat John Oliver to Fleshlight on oh, ratings. Nice, or, not ratings. Because oh, uh, talk about him. He um he def- he definitely. Do we, do we have more listeners? We did it, you guys. Because <laughs> right after re- you guys like can retire. terrorized me with uh, flashlight talk for like a good twenty minutes, whatever podcast that was, like, I got yeah. one on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was is is if Mac made a flashlight, how much better would it be than two weeks? Yeah. Two weeks I don't ago, know, pretty good. I mean, like, they're good at innovating stuff. Except I'm for good. their fucking iPhone six. You'd have to charge okay. it every night, though. I want a thinner phone. I want a thinner phone. Oh, my phone is bending. 
My skinny like, jeans are breaking my phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw a video on that. I'm not worried about it. Like they put some no. serious, serious force into it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. That is super awesome though, because he goes into the whole fleshlight thing. It was just a, a passing reference. But what, epi- dude? I watch every episode. I haven't seen that. Oh gosh, then you tuned it out, man. I was uh, really high. Yeah, you heard fleshlight, and you're like, I know everything there is to know about fleshlights. <laughs> wrote the, I wrote the book on that. <laughs> Two weeks ago, there goes the fleshlight reference. And I'm like, yes. We notch one up, <laughs> yeah. notch one up for not that Chris Martin. We we beat John Oliver to on one that. thing. We John win. <laughs> He's going to talk about having sex with moms next week. Why? Wow, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. on top of that. Talk about <laughs> going to Star Wars. Com- what is the place called? Should we uh, plug them? Villainous Lair. Villainous, Villainous Lair on Adams Avenue. It's she's like, like Adams and Thirty Fourth, like, I believe. Oh, ironically, that's what my place is called on Facebook. My house. <laughs> yeah, Villainous, Villainous Lair. Lair. Well, this has been a super good podcast. Yeah, well, I, yeah. We, we will see our audience member in like 14 and a half weeks. And yeah. we'll, get a, we'll get another one done. No, no. We're, we're After back. we do two hey, Olive Garden deals. Hey, I'm unemployed, guys. We can do this a lot more often. Sounds nice. good. You want to learn an audition? What's that? You should learn how to work Adobe Audition. And you yeah. can edit them. You can edit yourself. Yeah. I do have time. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, I will give you the rundown on editing, audio, video, whatever you want to learn, dude. Just mm-hmm. probably editing these podcasts. Okay. Yeah. We That's can figure that out. It's been it real, is. gentlemen. Yeah. For sure. See ya. We're out.